Hey guys, what's going on? Steve here with HVACR Hero. <clears throat> How's everybody doing today? I appreciate you checking out the channel. Thank you for the support. As always, it means the world to me. So today's episode is going to be kind of a cool one. At least I, I think it's interesting because I'm a little bit of an HVAC nerd. Um, and so are you guys if you're listening to the channel. Right? You got nothing else to listen to but me. Interesting. But I appreciate it. The support means a lot, and uh, let's let's just keep doing this thing, right? Let's uh, see what I can come up with uh, whenever I come up with these episodes, and I don't know, maybe you guys will like this one. So what we're going to talk about today is the history of basically refrigeration and air conditioning, which is pretty neat. Uh, I didn't know this stuff, and I just, you know, I wanted to share it with you. I found this recently, and I thought it was pretty cool. So what do you guys know about air conditioning and refrigeration? Um, it's pretty neat. Let's do, let's see what we come up with here. So, we have, in the 1800s, that's where it all started. It's way back. And I'm going to try not to bore you guys too much, but <clears throat> it's not the most exciting. I'm going to make it fun, though. We had a gentleman back in 1823 named Michael Faraday. And this gentleman what he did was something pretty special. He discovered that certain gases under constant pressure will condense when they cool. Like, would you look at that? And this guy's, like I said, this, this guy's name was Michael Faraday. And this was in 1823. And let's see what else. Let's see what else we can come up with Michael Faraday. So he was born in 1791 and he died in 1867 so he was pretty old for the times and what he was he was an english scientist who contributed to studying electromagnetism and electrochemistry and apparently thermodynamics because that's what hvac is um his main discoveries include the principles of underlying electromagnetic induction diamagnetism and electro electrolysis which apparently they don't have is also he also discovered that gases under constant pressure will condense when they cool so he's a major player in the game of air conditioning refrigeration because as we all know that's what refrigeration is um <clears throat> so this guy he, he received very little formal education and he was one of the most influential scientists in history so i would agree with that if he came up with basically magnets so it was by his research on the magnetic field around a conductor carrying a direct current that faraday established the basis for the concept of electromagnetic field in physics faraday's also established the magnet that magnetism could affect rays of light and they were underlying relationship between the two phenomena he's he's actually similarly he's i'm sorry he similarly discovered the principles of electromagnetic induction diamagnetism and the laws of electro electrolysis his inventions of the electromagnetic rotary devices form the foundation of the electric motor technology so wow this just keeps getting better so he not only discovered that certain gases under constant pressure will condense when they cool but he also essentially invented the foundations for electric motors 
something that we use so often in HVAC. I mean, every single day, an electric motor does something. It could be your condenser fan motor, your evaporator motor, a motor for an air handler. It could be anything. This guy was one of the ones that laid the foundation for that. It's crazy. Um, and that was largely due to his efforts in ele uh, that electricity became practical for the use in technology. So, man, this guy was crazy beneficial to our uh, how we look at things today. As a chemist, he also discovered benzene. Um, and he investigated that clathrate hydrate of chlorine. All right, this is all way over my head, guys. And, but it's interesting, right? So an early form... <laughs> basically invented an early form of the Bunsen burner in the system of oxidation numbers. Uh, what else, man? How, here you go. He popularized terminology such as anode, cathode, electrode, and ion. Those probably sound pretty familiar if you're in the HVAC industry. Um, you think about your flame-proofing devices and things like that. Uh, it's, it's right there, right? He ultimately became the first and foremost Fullerian, Fullerian professor of chemistry at the Royal Institution, a lifetime position. So remember, guys, this was over in England, um, where this guy studied and basically did all of this work. He was an excellent experimentalist who conveyed his ideas in clear and simple language. His mathematical abilities, however, did not extend as far as trigonometry. So if you guys aren't good at math, don't let it get you down, because this guy sucked at math, and he basically invented air conditioning. That's pretty amazing. Um, and he, and he was he was he could barely do simple algebra. Uh, you know who took his work basically in summary? So James, and this is something we we, didn't, we should talk about a little bit more. I think but James Clerk Maxwell took the work of Faraday and others and summarized it in a set of equations which is accepted as the basis of all modern theories of electromagnetic phenomena. On Faraday's uses of line of force, Maxwell wrote that they show Faraday to have been in reality a mathematician of very high order, one from whom the mathematician of the future may derive valuable and fertile methods. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so, that's it. I mean, get this. This guy was so important, right? He was so big that Einstein, Albert Einstein, the Albert Einstein, kept a picture of Faraday on his study wall alongside pictures of Arthur Schopenhauer and James Clerk Maxwell. Physicist Ernest Rutherford stated, when we consider the magnitude and extent of his discoveries and their influences of the progress of science and of industry, there is no honor too great to pay to the memory of Faraday, one of the greatest scientific discoveries of all time. Alright, that's enough of him. This guy's a freaking champ. And thank you, Michael Faraday, for, for doing that. That was 1823. We're moving on. 1834. 1834 was very significant. And let's, before I drop the name on you guys, let's get some more information on him so I can, I should be more prepared, but I'm not, so sorry about that. Okay, in 1834, about 10 years later from when Michael Faraday discovered that certain gases under constant pressure will condense when they cool, L.W. Wright produced ice by expansion of compressed air. Wow, L.W. Wright, was actually, let's see, he's an American confidence trickster. 
and he posed as a stock car race driver to compete in the Winston 500. Wow, is this the same guy I'm thinking of? This is not the same guy. <laughs> Never mind, guys. That was in 1982. This is not the same guy. That's apparently a NASCAR driver, so I apologize. Let's keep uh, let's keep it moving. <clears throat> We're going to do ice. Hit a big roll. This is way back in 1834. Ice manufacturing. Alright, there's not much on this guy, but basically he uh, he produced the ice by expansion of compressor in 1834. Jacob Perkins, we just talked about Jacob Perkins a little bit. He developed a closed refrigeration system using expansion of a liquid and com compression to produce cooling. David Perkins, I'm assuming his brother, but I could be wrong, developed a closed refrigeration system using the expansion of and compression of ether. Jacob Perkins. This sounds like a very important name that we should know, right? I mean, if he's the first person to discover this, then why not know a little bit more about him? And that's what we're doing here. That's what this podcast is about. Is, is uh, Wow. Jacob Perkins, and if you guys didn't know, he is named the father of the refrigerator. And this guy here was an American inventor, mechanical engineer, and physicist born in 1766 and later passed away in 1849. He held many patents, among which was a patent for a refrigerator. Because of that, he is considered the father of the refrigerator. The father. Man, what a name. Could you imagine? Basically, this guy was born in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Went to school in Newburyport until he was 12. After school, he was an apprentice to a goldsmith in Newburyport called Davis. When Davis died three years later, Jacob continued the business of making gold beads, and he also added the manufacture of shoe buckles. When he was 21 years old, he was given a job by the master of Massachusetts Mint, a let's see, to make a die for making copper coins, scents bearing an eagle and an Indian. Three years later, he improved the and made these machines for cutting and heating nails for which he was granted a patent in 1795. Jacob married on November 11th in 1790 to Hannah Greenleaf of Newbury. In the time, they had nine children. During the War of 1812, he worked on machinery that bored out cannons. He invented a bathometer, or a piezometer, which measured the depth of the sea by measuring pressure of the water at a certain depth. He also made steel plates and created some of the best steel plates which he used to start a printing business with engraver Gideon Fairman. Man, this guy has done everything, hasn't he? They printed school books and legal currency for Boston Bank. Perkins bought from Asa Spencer in 1809 the stereotype technology which was used as a method of prevention from counterfeiting and registered the patent. He later employed Asa Spencer. Interesting. So he bought the, bought it, the technology from Asa and then he employed Asa. Interesting. In 1816, he bid on the printing of currency for the Second National Bank in Philadelphia. At the same time, English had a problem with forged notes when Royal Society, a learned society for science, noted a high quality of American bank currency that was made by Perkins. 
1819, Perkins, Gideon Fairman, and Asa Spencer went to England to try to win the 20,000 euro reward for unfor unforgeable notes. After initial disputes, they win the job and form the partnership Perkins, Fairman, and Heath. With English engraver publisher Charles Heath, a partnership was later named Perkins Beacon. Bacon, sorry. When Charles Health Heath's son-in-law, Joshua Button Butters Bacon, bought out Charles Heath Company, Perkins Bacon, printed money for many banks and postage stamps from many countries. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're still not there. Sorry, this is a little bit long-winded. But this is this guy's pretty interesting. So I, I find it interesting. Maybe you guys are finding it interesting. Forgive me if it's too long. But basically, he worked out steam power with Olivia, Oliver Evans in Philadelphia. In 2022, he made experimental high-pressure steam engine that worked at pressures up to 2,000 PSI, but were not practical for manufacturing technology at the time. Um, they were using another invention, the steam gun, basically a fully automatic machine gun powered by steam with a high magazine capacity and firing rate of 1,000 RPM. Holy! The idea was rejected by the Duke of Wellington. It was too destructive. That's ironic. The idea of a refrigerator had come from Oliver Evans, also an American inventor. He conceived it in 1805, but he never built it. So this is now where it's getting real interesting. Perkins was granted the first patent for the vapor compression refrigeration cycle on August 14, 1835, with the title Apparatus and Means for Producing Ice and in Cooling Fluids. Hence, the father of the refrigerator. Now, let's see. That was Jacob Perkins. Now let's look up David Perkins. He, if you guys don't remember, he is the one that actually developed closed refrigeration system using the expansion and compression of ether. <clears throat> I'm not seeing a lot on him. Compression of Ether. David Perkins. Where are you guys? Here we go. Perkins Vapor Compression Cycle for Refrigeration. Historical Engineering Landmark. I would say so. <clears throat> wow, there's a whole PowerPoint here. So we're not going to go through this whole thing, but very interesting. Check it out, guys. When you get a chance, just go on and check out Perkins Vapor Compression Cycle for, for, for Refrigeration. So this is pretty neat. It's definitely something that's pretty cool to check out. <clears throat> um, let's see. The Perkins Vapor Compression Machine was construction, constructed and demonstrated by 1835 by John Haig. It was a prototype of the vapor compression devices for, refriger for refrigeration, air conditioning, and heat pumps. It took the efforts of many others, including American scientist and inventor Alexander Twining and Australian James Harrison, before mechanical vapor compression systems for ice making were commercially successful. The wide use of vapor compression cycle in the preser preservation of food in cooling and heating living spaces and numerous other cooling and heating applications makes it one of the world's most significant mechanical innovations. That was given by the American Society of Mechanical Engineers in 2020. That was uh, it's pretty neat there. All right, let's gonna move on. 1842, John Gorey used dripping ammonia to produce cooling. That's pretty cool. 
dripping could you imagine walking into a space and getting dripping ammonia so that's john and gory let's check this guy out so he was born in 1803 oh 1803 sorry and died in 1855 so pretty short life but he was a novician born american physician physician and scientist he created accredited as the inventor of mechanical refrigeration man is everybody the inventor because i feel like there's a lot of people that are um credited for this and uh basically he was born in the isle of nevis in the leeward isle islands of the west indies <laughs> and uh let's see he received his medical education at the college of physicians and surgeons of western district of new york in fairfield new york would you look at that in 1833 he moved to florida apple 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 florida a port city on the gulf coast as well as being a resident physician at two hospitals cool since it, it was necessary to transport ice by boat from the northern lakes, Gori experimented with making artificial ice. He first mechanically produced ice in 1844. After 1845, Gori gave up his medical practice to, preview, to pursue refrigeration products. By 1850, he was able to routinely, routinely produce ice the size of bricks. On May 6th in 1851, he was granted patent number 8080 for, machine, for a machine to make ice. The original model of this machine and the scientific articles he wrote at the Smithsonian Institution. In 1835, patents for the apparatus and means of producing ice and in cooling fluids have been granted in the England and Scotland American-born inventor Jacob Perkins, who we just spoke about. He became known as the father of refrigeration. Impoverished, Gorey sought to raise money to manufacture his ice machine. But the venture failed when his partner died. Humiliated by criticism, financially ruined, and his health broken, Gory died in seclusion on June 29, 1855. And he is buried in the Magnolia Cemetery. Well, that's too bad. It's kind of it's depressing here. <clears throat> Another version of Gory's cooling system was used when President James A. Garfield was dying in 1881. Naval engineers built a box filled with cloth filled with clothes i'm sorry they built a box filled with clothes that had been soaked in melted ice water then by allowing hot air to blow on the clothes it decreased the room temperature by 20 degrees fahrenheit the problem with this method was essentially the same problem gory had it required an enormous amount of ice to keep the room cool continuously yet it was important it was an important event in the history of air conditioning and it proved that dr gory had the right idea but it was unable to capitalize on it. The first practical refrigeration system in 1854, patent in 1855, was built by James Harrison in Geelong, in Geelong. Continuously, yet it was important, I'm sorry, in Geelong, Australia. Very cool. Unfortunately, this guy did not get any of his uh, accomplishments noted or credited because he, uh, yeah. He didn't make it. So, moving on. 1858, Ferdinand Carr developed an ammonia refrigeration refrigerator and made blocks of ice. Let's check this guy out. Ferdinand. Carr. Ferdinand Carr. 
I'm sorry, car. He was a French engineer, born in 1824, died in 1900. Pretty good uh, life there. And he was born at Moslane's Somme in 1824. He's best known for his inventor of refrigeration equipment used to produce ice. Very cool. Um, he developed the first absorption refrigerator using water and sulfuric acid. He continued Edmund's work on the process, and in 1858, continued. To, he developed a machine which was used, which used water as the absorbent, absorbent, and ammonia as a refrigerant. His absorption machine was patented in France in 1859 and in the United States in 1860. He exhibited his ice-making machine at the University of London exhibition and produced an output of 200 kilograms or 440 pounds per hour. His design was based on the gas vapor system of Australian inventor James Harrison. In 1876, he equipped the ship Paraguay with an absorption refrigeration system, allowing the ship to carry frozen meat on an intercontinental trip. Carr's method remained popular through the early 1900s and was replaced by a system using liquid vapor compression cycle. He also conducted research in the field of electricity in 1877. He invented the electric light regulator. He was also inventing he also invented car machine, an electrostatic generator used to produce high voltages. No shit. Look at this guy doing stuff. Big things, big things. Good man. Alright. Moving on. In 1875, Raoul Pictet used sulfur dioxide as refrigerant. No shit. That must have been better than ammonia. Let's see, Raoul. Raoul Pictet was a Swiss physicist, and he's co-credited with French scientist Louis-Paul Caliette as the first to produce liquid oxygen in 1877. Born in Geneva, served as a professor at the University of that city, he devoted himself largely to problems involving production of low temperatures and liquefaction, solidification of gases. He received a telegram from Pictet, I'm sorry, the Academy of Scientists the sciences in Paris received a telegram from Pictet in Geneva reading as follows. Oxygen liquefied, oxygen liquefied today under 320 atmospheres and 140 degrees of cold by combined use of sulfurous and carbonic acid. This announcement was almost simultaneously with that of Caliette, who had liquefied oxygen by a completely different process. Pictet died in Paris in 1929. That's all we got. Liquefaction of gases. He, uh, very interesting. All right, what's next? Then we have Gustav Swift in 1881 developed refrigerated rail cars. Very cool. I always wondered what it'd be like to work on one of those. Never had a chance to, but maybe, maybe down the road I'll get that shot. Gustav. Gustav us. I smell this thing. Gustav us. Swift. <clears throat> Refrigerated rail cars. So this gentleman here was born in 1839 in Massachusetts and died in 1903 in Chicago. Founder of a meatpacking firm, Swift & Company, and promoter of railway refrigerated car for shipping meat. He was a helper, a butcher's helper at age 14. He became a buyer, of slaughter, a buyer and slaughterer of cattle in 1859. Opened a butcher shop 
butcher shop in eastern Massachusetts, and he became the partner of James Hathaway, a Boston meat dealer in 1872. Three years later, the cattle buyer for the firm transferred his headquarters to Chicago, where the center of the cattle market had shifted. Swift felt that meatpacking would be more profitable than meat selling if a method could be devised of shipping fresh meat from Chicago to the east instead of sending live cattle to be slaughtered on arrival, as was the custom. He therefore hired an engineer to design a refrigerated car. The finished design circulated fresh air that was chilled by passing it over ice. In 1877, Swift successfully shipped the first refrigerated carload of fresh meat to the east. Soon afterward, he left Hathaway. In 1878, Swift formed a partnership with his brother, and in 1885, with a capital of $300,000, he incorporated the firm Swift & Company. This himself, with himself as first president, in addition to completing successfully with Nelson Morris and Philip D. Armour, Swift established distributing houses in such cities as Tokyo, Shanghai, and Manila. The packing plants of St. Louis, Kansas City, and Omaha. When Swift died 18 years later, the capitalization of his company had, had increased to $25 million. Very successful guy, and he's uh, so he, he hired an engineer to create that, that rail car. Michael Kudahi improved this rail car refrigeration in 1890. So what did you do, sir, to improve this? Let's check this out. I'm going to run out of time here. I'm going to have to come back with another... Uh, another episode so if i run out of time i apologize i hope you guys are still kind of hanging around for this i know it's a long one but i think it's pretty interesting and uh just to see where we we got with all this is pretty cool so michael kudai so we're just gonna keep going <clears throat> found this michael john kudai in 1924 was born and he died in 2022 good for him he was the son of john kudai ambassador to Ireland and Poland and was the founder of Patrick Kudahy Meat Company. Let's see. He created the company created the nation's first electrocardiographic machine. Nice. That's pretty awesome. And he uh, he was the founder of Marquette Electronics. Oh shit. After starting with 15 grand in capital, the company went on to have over $350 million in annual sales. That's the American dream. Very interesting. But let's try to find this. Uh, so he he bought the failing patient monitoring business from GE, known as General Electric Medical Device Systems. And he combined it with the existing business, primary diagnostic equipment. Okay, so he's, he's in the medical field. I'm trying to find where he has anything to do with this rail car, but I'm not seeing it. Must not have been his biggest uh, accomplishment, but good for you, guy. All right, so then we have Audifrin Singren, refrigeration machine, hermetically sealed system. So he brought it he brought it to another level. And then in 1902, Willis Carrier designed the humidity control for a new air cooling system and pioneered the modern air conditioning. We all know who Carrier is. Willis Carrier also originated the carrier equation upon which the psychometric chart and all air conditioning is based. Then we had the Calvinator Refrigeration Unit, and then Guardian Refrigeration Company was developed, and they actually, it was called the Guardian, but General Motors purchased them in 1918 and changed the name to Frigidaire. Would you look at that? 
<clears throat> interesting stuff, guys. And then we had Nizer water cool compression and condenser for ice cream cabinets. So Nizer made the first ice cream cabinet in 1923. And we're going to have to finish this up with the next episode. We're going to start off in 1926, but I appreciate you guys sticking around for this long. That was the 1800s, the early beginnings of air conditioning refrigeration history. If you guys liked what you heard, let me know. Um, check out the next episode. We're going to jump right in from 1926 and keep going up to 2013. And uh, that's where we're going to end. But thanks again, you guys, for stopping by. Thanks for listening to me babble this whole time. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Have a great day. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks. Bye.